This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, God is so good. Good having you here. Uh, of course, you know, it's, it's nice uh, to have people in seats this morning. And, uh, you know, I thought about, you know, playing that song at the very beginning. Uh, I don't know if you ever used to watch Welcome Back, Cotter. Uh, welcome back, you know, and uh, we just want to welcome you back. It's good to have church folk back in the seats, amen. And there's something about coming together um, in, in one accord. Of course, we love everybody that's watching online right now. And uh, if you couldn't make it out to church today, or uh, we just we're just so thankful that you've logged on and you're watching us today. And I, I, I'm going to say this: that the message today is going to really help us, amen. Um, because, you know, the world preaches gloom and doom, but uh, the Bible preaches good news. And, uh, you know, I, you know, you can listen to the news so much, you will start thinking gloom and doom. And we need to start thinking other things like uh, happiness, joy and peace, divine protection and glory to God. How many believing believers do we have out here in the house today? Amen. We got some believing believers. See, I believe in the power of God. I I believe that the gospel is not just a theological dissertation of what to do and what not to do. It's the power of God unto salvation. So you got to believe every time you hear the word of God, there's power going on going out of me into you. Amen. In other words, there's power of the word of God. God will anoint his word and we receive that word. And guess what happens? We get built up. Amen. So we can endure. Yes, we can endure uh, all the trials and the tests that we have to deal with every week. Anybody ever dealing with anybody ever dealt with trials and tests in here? Amen. We all are dealing with them. We're all dealing with some of them. And you're going to be dealing, if you're not dealing with a test or a trial or a temptation today, just wait. It will happen tomorrow in May. I'm not going to prophesy it, but the devil, the devil's after us. But thank God that there's more with us than with him. Amen. Glory to God. We're releasing the kids. Amen. So let's just go in prayer before we get started. Father, I honor you this morning and I just thank you, Father God, for the church family this morning. And I thank you, Father, for those that are watching online. And I, Father, I just ask, Lord, as I minister your word, that, that you would just, that your word will go forth on good soil, Lord. And that we will be hearers of your word and we will be doers of your word. And we thank you, Lord God, as we hear your word and we do your word, we'll be blessed. We'll see the blessings of your promises. And I just thank you for what you're doing in Jesus name. And we all say amen. Praise God. Well, today I want to talk to you about faith. Amen. Uh, The basics of faith or faith basics is the title of the sermon. And, uh, you know, it's important that we walk in faith. And, uh, you know, uh, our faith is always under attack. And the enemy is constantly trying to attack our faith. And, uh, and we got to be very careful that, that we are walking in faith. Last week I talked to you about Mary and how she received, you know, Jesus, you know, uh, when the angel Gabriel said that you're going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And, of course, Mary said, according to thy word, let it be done unto me. 
And so that that's great faith. Great faith is taking God at his word and believing it. And so I believe in God's divine protection. Amen. I'm not afraid of any virus or any. No, I believe that God divinely protects me. Glory to God. That his angels are round about me in all my ways, protecting me in all my ways. Do you believe that today? Anybody ever read Psalms 91? I'm telling you, you, you got you to gotta continue in the faith, amen, to walk in the grace of God, amen. And so uh, one of my favorite scriptures here is in Hebrews eleven six, And, you know, I'm going to say this, that we got to get a right view of God in our faith. Because I think sometimes our view of God can be skewed or it can be based on the traditions of men's teachings and not really lining up with the truth of God's word. And so you got to get a good understanding of who God is. Can I just say this to you today, that God is good? Amen. You know, that God, every good gift comes from God above um, and, and there's no a shadow of turning. And God's the same yesterday, today, forever. God is good. Amen. And so anytime that the enemy, see, the enemy will try to get us to look at the negative things that might be happening in our lives. And, and what the enemy wants to do is make us think that God isn't good. Amen. But he's good. He's just. He's loving. He's merciful. We don't get what we deserve. Amen. <laughs> We get it. We get God's grace. We get God's mercy. And so we got to understand that. So Hebrews eleven six, because if you're going to walk in great faith, you're going to have to get a revelation, not only that God's good, but God is looking to reward you. He's looking to put a blessing on you. You got to get you got to believe that you got to believe that God wants to bless you. He he has a heart to bless you. Amen. So so we got to get this revelation that God is not cursing us. God is blessing us. Amen. Amen. So Hebrews eleven six says it this way. But without faith, it's impossible to please him, to please who, to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that that he is, that God is and that he, God, is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, you know, this is powerful because if you have in your mindset that God wants to bless you, that he wants to reward you with blessings, uh, then you're going to be seeking God. If you believe that this promise is for you, then you're going to be getting up in the morning at four o'clock. No, I'm kidding. But you're going to be getting up in the morning. I don't know if anybody wants to get up at four, but you're going to be getting up and you're going to be putting God in the first place of your day. Amen. The first thing when I wake up, I say a good morning. I love you, Heavenly Father. You know, I just I just tell God I love him. Thank you for another morning. Amen. I, 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 I acknowledge God in my life, even when I get up in the morning. It's important that you do that, that, that God should be on your mind when you wake up and God should be on your mind when you go to bed and God should be on your mind in the middle of the day. Amen. What, what was it was uh, Daniel. Remember that he was a man that was uh, greatly favored by God, a man greatly favored by God. How why was he greatly favored? Well, the Bible says that he had a custom and that he prayed three times a day. Think about that. So he, he made it his his life goal is to get into the presence of God 
three times a day. What if we did that? What if instead of just getting up in the morning and spending 15 minutes, what if we got, what, what if we did it at our lunchtime? What if we did it right before we went to bed? How much favor would we potentially be walking? I just want you to think about that a little bit, a little sila. Think about that. But, but here it says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, so when we come to God, we must believe that he's a God that, that desires to bless us. So whenever you give to God, God's going to give back to you. I, I remember uh, reading the story of, of Peter and he was uh, fishing all night with his partner and he caught nothing, you know, and and it was just a it was a, a, a day of toil for him or a night of toil. And and then Jesus came that morning to ask Peter if uh, he could use his boat and so uh, to preach out of. And and so 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 Peter went ahead and allowed Jesus to preach out of his boat. And then after Jesus was done, Jesus said to Peter, take your nets and throw them out. Think about this. And, and, and this is an example of seeking God that he's a rewarder. See, see in a sense, Peter uh, was putting God uh, in his life. He was placing God in his business. He was allowing God to use his resources. He, he was allowing God to, uh, or Jesus, in a sense, because Jesus is, is, is God in the flesh, was using Jesus, allowing Jesus to use his boat. And, and Jesus said, Throw your nets out. And they caught so many fish that it almost sunk their boat. Think about this. And, 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 and Peter got so amazed by that, that, that whenever you connect to God, God is connected to success. And success is connected to God. So you can't, you can't be a failure if you follow God. It's an impossibility for you to fail to, if, no, no. If you're following God with all your heart, you are going to be a success. Do you believe that? And success is always a process. Oh, Pastor, did you have to go there? It's a process. We got to continue to do the right things. We got to continue to believe that God is working in the midst of our problems for the solution to come about. I like the story in Acts 10. And this is about a man, his name is Cornelius, and I like going to him because he was a man that, that his faith was act, activated by what he did. See, I'm going to say this, your faith is more than just, I believe that Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead. It's more than just you confessing a mantra or a scripture, it's you, it's you obeying the scriptures. It's you obeying the word of God. That's like, you're here this morning. And the word of God says that that we should not forsake the assembly of ourselves with other believers. Why? Because the day is drawing near. Think about that. What day? The day that Jesus is coming back and he's coming back and he's coming back for you and he's coming back for me and he's coming back for the glorious church. Say I'm the glorious church. And so I love this, that, that this man here, Cornelius, he was a centurion and, uh, uh, of the Italian regiment. And he was a devout man and he feared God with all his household. 
And um, he gave generously to the people, prayed to God always, and he fasted as well. And, um, and what happened was that he, his works uh, of faith came up to heaven and became a memorial. In other words, got God's attention. So I'm going to say this. We can get God's attention by us doing faith good works. Are you hear what I'm saying? He prayed. He fasted. He gave. And uh, to the Jewish people, he gave out of his treasury. And it, it got God's attention. Think about that. And this man wasn't a saved man. And, and it says here that, that the angel was dispatched from heaven to, uh, to Cornelius. And, and what was interesting, the angel told Cornelius that, that his prayers was, that God was hearing his prayers and that got God's attention. And that, uh, I'm, that, that, uh, the angel said to Cornelius, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I want you to go to this man's house named Peter. And Peter's gonna preach to you what you need to have, to, to win the lottery. What's winning the lottery? Getting eternal life. I'm telling you, it's a gift that keeps on giving. You can win the lottery and still end up a miserable person. But when you win the lottery of salvation, you're not only going to have joy and peace in heaven. You should have some joy and peace down here. Amen. Amen. And so and so and so the angel was dispatched to to reveal. See, angels aren't supposed to preach the gospel. We are. See, we are God's ambassadors. We are here to be a light to the darkness. We are here to, to display the glory of God, to reveal the glory of God. That's the reason why you need to get into his presence so that you can glow. Are you here? I know when I'm down or I'm depressed or I'm looking at circumstances or I'm thinking about things that aren't working. Uh, I'm, I, I hadn't been in the presence of God. And I'm telling you, when you get in the presence of God, all your problems become small and all God's promises become big. Amen. And so with Cornelius, uh, he, he connected Cornelius with Peter and uh, and then Peter uh, uh, you know, revealed a vision from God and, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to, to Peter to tell Peter to go to Cornelius's house. And uh, of course, you know, we see that, that his faith was working through his works and Peter preached the gospel and uh, the whole family got saved. His friends got saved. He brought his friends. I'm going to say your faith will not only affect you in a positive way, but your faith will affect your family and your friends in a positive way. It's more than just you being blessed. But when you start walking in the glory and the presence of God, knowing who you are in Christ, you're going to be setting other people free. See, I'm so thankful that my mom... Wasn't well. At one time, my mom was in a house full of heathens, <laughs> called family. Amen. Any 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 uh, any believers in here have any heathen family? <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know maybe you were one. Were you a heathen at one time? <laughs> 
Amen. And, uh, and so uh, uh, heathen, he, being heathenistic, what does that mean? He, it means that, that you're all about you're just pleasuring, just doing things for pleasure for yourself. You're, you know, heathens, they're, they're all about what, what, will, what will bless them, what will cause them pleasure without any regard of anybody else. It doesn't really matter if it hurts anybody else. Heathens like to just just to have pleasure all the time. And and uh, and, and God's not against that. But we don't want to make that our focal point. Amen. We don't want to make the blessing our focal point. We want to make God our focal point. And so we see that Cornelius prayed and, and, and his whole household was saved. And my mom was in a household of heathens and she prayed me, my brothers, you know, and uh, and uh, and she prayed. And you know what? Say faith is a process. Do you know how long it took for us to come into the kingdom of God? She prayed in 1977 a prayer for our family while we were heathens. And it took 10 years. Since somebody say 10 years. But you know what? We all got saved in one year. Can you believe it? We all got saved in one year. In other words, the glory of God came upon the entire family. In one. God did it all in one year. I got saved, I got water baptized, and I got, uh, you know, baptized in the Holy Spirit. The whole family got the whole kit and caboodle. I hope I said that right. Is it kit and caboodle? I don't even, I got to look that up, what that means, the whole kit and caboodle. And uh, am I saying that right? Somebody correct me if I'm not. But anyway, it sounds good anyway. Oh, the whole kid in Kabuto. And, and, so, and so I remember that, that year, 1986, I got saved. My mom gave me, I, I think she gave out Bibles to all of us that year for Christmas. And uh, man, it was a wonderful, I was like, a Bible, you know, and it, it had all this expanded information in it. So you can learn more about the word of God. I was so excited about the Bible. Amen. More than, you know, I used to be excited about the bars, you know, before I got God in my life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and, uh, and but now I'm excited about the Bible. Amen. I know all the all the partiers that used to go to the bars and we have a pandemic going on and all the bars are closed down. I know they're all weeping right now. They can't be dancing on the dance floor. You know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and so, it, well, if you can't go to the bar, if you're watching and you used to go to the bar, or you, you're weeping about that, come to church. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you, you can party down with us. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, when you party with the Holy Spirit, he'll give you joy that you know not of. He'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding. He will strengthen you when you feel like you can't go any further. Do you believe that today? And so we got to get a revelation that, number one, if we're going to walk in faith, we got to get a revelation that God is looking to bless us. I think sometimes when we're going through a trial, has anybody, is anybody going through a trial, coming out of a trial, going into a trial? Don't raise your hand. You might say, all three, pastor. Going in, coming out, and staying there. Listen, don't stay in the valley. Don't camp in the valley. You're, you're, you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And in that valley, do not fear. Why? Because God is with you. You might be in a valley today, but God is with you. And he's going to bring you through that valley. Somebody say, I believe that. I believe that. Amen. It's not going to be perpetual misery. 
Okay, you may say, Pastor, I've been in perpetual misery. No, no, you're coming out of, out of misery and you're coming into mastery of how to walk in faith. Amen. So number two, if you're, if you're going to, uh, the ABCs of faith or, or faith-based, if you're walking faith, you've got you to know that faith doesn't come by just praying for it. Some people say, God, give me more faith. Give me more faith. The Bible always already says that God has given everybody the measure of faith. We all have a measure of faith. We, see, if you're saved, you have mountain-moving faith. See, because you have, you have faith, the God kind of faith, hallelujah, that moves mountains. Because God imparts faith, and when you receive him, his life comes into you. And then when, he, when the word of God is revealed, it activates the truths, and it activates the blessings of his promises. So, so, so faith comes not by just praying for it. It doesn't, ju- it, doesn't, it doesn't come by seeing miracles. Because if that was the case, the Israelites, a generation, shouldn't have died in the wilderness because they saw a lot of miracles of God. But you know what? The generation still died in the wilderness. Just seeing miracles doesn't give you faith. Amen? And sometimes we think, God, if you just show me a miracle, I would have faith. No, it doesn't come by that. It doesn't, faith doesn't even come by begging for it. God, please give me more faith. No, no, no. Faith comes in Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. So I like what it says here. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Somebody say, and hearing. Because, see, you have to constantly hear the word of God, constantly hear the promises of God. Why? Because we have an adversary, uh, we have an enemy of our souls, and he's constantly trying to get us to focus on the negative. And so you have to overcome that. You have to overcome the, the negative of this world. And how, how do we overcome that? By hearing God's word. We know that, that Cornelius... The, the angel actually said to Cornelius that this man, Peter, will give your words that will give you life. So, so Cornelius and his family heard words from Peter. And Peter talked about Jesus dying on the cross, being raised from the dead, giving you eternal life. And they believed it. Those words translated not only Cornelius, but his family into the kingdom of God's dear son's love. Think about that. Words activates faith. But on the opposite end, words will also activate fear. I'm going to say that again. Words, words listened to that are negative words. If we constantly listen to the wrong things, we can actually walk in fear. And see, fear and faith do not mix. I see Jesus, Jesus hated uh, uh, fear. He, he, he would say to a lot of people, fear not. The angels that would come would say, fear not. Jesus would get upset if the, if the uh, disciples, if they doubted his power and what he could do. Uh, when Peter was walking on the water and, and he started looking at all the wind and, and, and the waves and he was walking, I'm talking, Peter was walking on the water. Think about that. 
His faith was causing him to walk on. See, see, when you're walking in high faith, you can do the impossible. You can do things that other people can't do. Why? Because God's grace will elevate you above the natural realm. And so Peter, when he was walking on the water, he started looking at everything and he started to sink. And, th- and that's where I get, if your faith won't get you there, God's mercy can. Because Jesus reached out his hand and they were immediately on the boat. So, so his faith was waning. And so and what did Jesus say to Peter? You did good. You know, you walked on the water. No, he didn't say that to Peter. It would have been nice. You're the only water walker here. No, he said, why did you doubt? Right? He said that to Peter. Why? In other words, the enemy is trying to cause us to doubt God's power and his ability to change the circumstances. And I'm going to say this. Your circumstances, uh, your spouse, your kids, your boss, your neighbors, uh, your relatives are subject to change. Can you believe that? You may say, not, not my kid. God might be making him out, out to be a preacher. What, Pastor? No way can that kid be a preacher. I, I, you know, I shouldn't be a preacher up here. I was probably, one, you, know, I, you, talk, you know, I think I was, I, I was pretty bad in the family. You know, I'm probably not that bad, but, you know, I, 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 I cut up and I did some things that weren't right. Are you hearing what I say? No way I should be up here today. And uh, I was probably the furthest one. I mean, it should have been, Lord, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't it be somebody else? But see, 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 God, God, God knows you more than you know yourself. And God knows that there, that he has put greatness on each one of you. And once you start getting in God's presence, he will reveal to you the greatness he has implanted on the inside of you. And you don't even know who you are yet. You don't even know what great things you can do yet. But when you start getting in the presence of God, God will start revealing uh, his, his life, his love to you and, and his plan for you. Do you believe that today? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I, I want to say this, that that whenever we're under attack and whenever the enemy's attacking our faith, he's going to get us to look at the circumstances and he will try to make us think that the, that the mountains are bigger than God's promises. And so what he will try to get us to do is to focus, the enemy will get us to focus on the wrong things. And what happens is we start losing our hope. And our hope is the earnest expectation that good will come. And if you don't have any hope, you're in trouble. Amen. Now, I'm not saying dope. Okay, I'm saying hope. <laughs> Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Somebody say, I need my dope. No, you need some hope. <laughs> you don't need any dope. I, I need my pain relievers. I need, no, yeah, you, you might need, I, I need my sleeping pills. No, all you need is some hope, right. not dope. Amen. And hope will carry you to the other side. Do you believe that today? And so we got, we got to believe that. So I got some scriptures here and I say these scriptures out a lot. Why? Because I need them myself. Why? Because sometimes I look at circumstances. Sometimes I evaluate my... Sometimes I I ask, God, why are you punishing me? Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like God is punishing you when you're going through a trial? You're like, God, why? 
Am, are you punished? Have I done something to, to, to make you mad at me? <laughs> have I? Uh, are you punishing me <laughs> over something? Is it something? Is it because I partied too hard when I was younger? Or, or, am I reaping what I've sowed? Why are you punishing me? You ever feel like God is punishing you when you're going through a trial? God's not punishing you. Amen. 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 And, 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 and in reality, Jesus took the punishment so that you wouldn't have to be punished. God's not punishing. You know, I, I think about that. And I think about, you know, where does these trials come from? Well, we're in a corrupt world system. We're not in heaven yet. So we're in a place where the devil can operate. You know, the devil is not locked down. <laughs> He's going to be locked down pretty soon. A big angel is going to come and going to tie him up with a chain and drag him down to hell. And he won't be able to bother us anymore, you know, for at least a thousand years when Jesus comes back to set up his kingdom. And, uh, and so he will be locked down. But right now, the devil's not locked down. Amen. Amen. And so, so he is going around seeing whom he may devour. He's looking for foolish people that are focused on circumstances. He's looking at, he's trying to get people to throw out their faith and try to give up on God and try to, you know, he, what he wants people to do is, you know, like what, remember Job, he was going through his trial. Remember that he was going through a lot of problems. And finally his wife said to Job, curse, why don't you just curse God and die? Remember that? What, what an encourager. She was such an encourager to Job, wasn't she? I mean, if you have a, with a spouse like that, you don't need enemies, right? She was such an encourager. And, uh, but you know what? You know what? He didn't curse God. Why? He knew that God was his only hope. See, we don't have any hope unless we have God. Because God's the only person, if you, you know, that can change things. He, he's, he's the only uh, person that can, that can change the circumstance. Jeremiah 29, 11. You say, you, you, you say this scripture almost every week. I want to get this drilled into you. Okay? I want you to get a revelation whenever the hell starts breaking loose in your life that you need to start thinking about some scriptures. And you need to start standing on some word of God. And you need to start confessing something out of your mouth. See, scriptures are more than, than just being on paper and reading it. You've got to get it from your head into your mouth. You gotta allow the scriptures to be spoken out of your mouth. How many people speak scriptures out of their mouths on a daily basis? If you don't, you need to start. And so here it says in Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster. God's not out to punish us. Amen. Amen. Uh, they are, are to give you a future and a hope. So, so, you know, when, the disciples came to this, this blind man and, uh, and they asked Jesus, was it his sin or was it his parents' sin that caused him to be born blind? I don't know if you ever read that or not. And, uh, and, 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 and they want to know, why is this man being punished? Right? Is, is that really what they were asking? Obviously, had they, they sinned. Somebody must have sinned in the equation for the punishment of, of, of blindness to be on there. And Jesus said, neither the man sin, neither the parent sin, so that the glory of God might be revealed in him. Think about that. In other words, the problem comes, but, but God already has a promise that if we stand on, we'll get us through the problem. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? The 
the problem will come, but the promise is already here. And if we learn to stand on the promise, then the problem will eventually go away. Do you believe that today? And so, and so it's, it was for the glory of God. If there's something happening, God's going to bring, if it's negative, if we have the right heart attitude, God's going to bring glory out of the destruction. God's going to bring grace into your mess. Do you believe that today? So we must believe that God's plans for us are good. Say his plans are good. Amen. To give me hope. See, I, I have you preaching this morning. Now, Romans 8, 28. I don't use this scripture a lot because I think it's misused a lot. Because I think people say this scripture when bad things are happening. And, and when something bad's happened, you, you, sometimes you hear a Christian will say, Well, you know God causes all things for, for good to those who love... Uh, uh, let me read it. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. And to those who are called according to his purpose. And sometimes somebody will spout that out and say, well, God, well, God's going to cause good to work, come out of it. And, 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 and he's not, see, see, God's not putting the, the mess in your life, but God can bring good out of the mess. In other words, he can bring a message out of the mess that we're in. He can bring a testimony out of the test that we're experiencing. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Why? Because God's going to get glory out of the situation. Are you listening to me today? So we got to understand this, that God's going to work out good. You know, even though the mess is all around us, he's going to work out good. I like the song that talks about, that sings, that, that, that we're going to see. Uh, it talks about that God's working in the midst of it, even though it doesn't look like he's working. See, God is working even if it doesn't look like he's working, as long as we're standing in faith and speaking his word. When we stop speaking God's promises, I believe he's, he stops working. Amen. In other words, the, the angels hearken to the voice of God's word and they hearken to it to accomplish all that God's word says. So how is, are they going to hearken to God's word? By us speaking it. Amen. John 16, 33. I love this. It says here, these things I spoke to you that in me you may have peace. This is Jesus speaking. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I was going to say be of full of fear. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So Jesus is saying here that there's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. There are going to be tests that we're going to be dealing with. But Jesus tells us to maintain a right attitude. Why? Because I don't know about you, but my attitude is constantly being worked on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so maintain a right attitude uh, in in where we're at. We've got to maintain. You know, I I think about this, that that David was a man of God that, that did these mighty exploits for God. He killed Goliath and he was, you know, he was a mighty warrior. God, every every time he went out. Uh, against the enemy, uh, God always gave David, King David, success. And but of course, you know uh, Saul. If you know the story, Saul didn't like David, was afraid of David, and Saul was after David. And David ended up at one time living in a place called Ziglag, and um, and he was living in a place away from Israel, and uh, and so uh, he was out, 
him and his mighty men were out doing some things. And they came back to Ziglag. You may remember the story. And uh, some, uh, some, the enemy came in to Ziglag and took all, all the people, took their stuff. And when they got back, they got back to an empty Ziglag. And, uh, you know, their wives were gone. You know, their stuff was gone. It was, it was, their, their animals were gone. You know, uh, the enemy came in and stole. And you know what? Uh, it, the Bible said the men... Uh, these were mighty men. They cried like they couldn't cry anymore. They were upset. Have you ever felt like crying? <laughs> Have you felt, maybe you felt like just getting, you know, sometimes I get angry, but, but once you, once you're, once you're out of the anger stage, then you're in the crying stage. <laughs> Have anybody ever been in that anger? I can't, ah, I don't know. <laughs> I want to just don't want to be a Christian anymore, but I can't go anywhere, you know. Anybody ever like that? Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? You get, you get, you have the mad stage, the angry stage, and you're finally saying, okay, God, what do you want to do in this mess? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? Like, God, why? I, can I give you a little story yesterday? It upset me. You know, um, you know, Christian, you know, he's, he's, he's very challenging. He's special needs, my son. And, uh, and so, you know, um, we got to watch him all the time because you don't know. And I've, I've said things, and I shouldn't say these things because words are powerful. And I've said things like, everything he touches, he destroys, you know, because he's always breaking something, you know, the, the, the blinds, he's breaking the blinds, you know, I got to replace the blinds. He's just always that. Don't say that about your kids, everything they touch, they destroy. And, uh, and so I had the iPhone, you know, um, and, uh, and, it was kind of a broken iPhone because I broke it first and I had it on top of the car and it fell off and this big truck ran over it and, and I cried for a day, you know, ah, and anyway, you know, you, you, it's like an iPhone is like your best friend, you know what I'm talking about, you know, the internet and um, not really, but it shouldn't be the idol, but, but my idol was broken. <laughs> it was Dagon. Remember, remember the uh, Israelites, remember, remember um, that, uh, uh, was it uh, Eli was a priest and and then the I think there was a Malachites. It was one of the kites. They came in and, and they took the uh, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Do you remember that? And they took the Ark of the Covenant and they put it in with Dagon, their God, right into a place where they worship Dagon. I think it was Dagon, their God. Don't name your kid Dagon. OK. And um, and so but that that statue that was up. Uh, the next day it fell over and it was prostrated before the, the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And they said, my Lord, what happened? You know, you know so, so the Amicites, I think it was the Amicites, they, they put it back up. And, and then the following day it was, it was over and the head broke off. <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking about my iPhone. You know, it's, it was Dagon. You know, I was putting that. No, I'm not kidding. Some people put their phone and their social media above. Okay, we won't go there. But, but it was smashed to smithereens, you know. And so finally I said, mm, you know, I had to buy a new iPhone. And, uh, and my kid likes to use the iPhone and my iPhone at times. And, I, and we got games. Parents, don't put games on your, on your, on your devices if you have kids because you're not going to get your phone back if you let them use it. But anyway, that's just a disclaimer. But, um, and so, and so I, I had the foresight because it was smashed from back and front. So I had, the, I had a, a place that put a new um, glass on the front. They said it may not work. And 
The camera was broken on. They say it's compromised, but it worked. Everything worked on it. Um, except when you talk on it, you, 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 um, you couldn't use the, you know, you couldn't talk on it like that because that speaker was broken. You had to talk on it like this. But anyway, I had the glass fixed and all that. And then he was in the car uh, playing with it and he bit into it. So he put a little hole on the front. It cost me $60. I said, son. And uh, so I put some tape over it. And, you know, and the back is all screwed up. I got the front, but the back is kind of chunked up. We put a little case there. And, uh, and so yesterday, you know, I, I let him use it. And uh, my wife came in. Of course, we, we don't supervise him 24-7. And he, he, had, he had a kitchen knife tearing it up. It was all ripped to shreds. And I said, my God. And I got upset about it. I was like, God, why did you bless me with this son? It's breaking my iPhone. I don't even want to be a pastor anymore. You know, I'm so mad, you know, you know, and you know, you know how the devil will try to make everything seem so bad, you know, but he, he had a kitchen knife. He was ripping it. It was ripped to shreds. It was like, my God, I can't put this together now. So my wife disciplined him, and when I got home, I disciplined him. <laughs> and uh, but of course, you know he doesn't understand. He's laughing five minutes later after you spank him, and uh, you know, you know. I remember I spanked him one time so hard it hurt my hand, and he laughed. You know, I mean, ow! Son, it's going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt me. It hurt me. My hand was throbbing. He, of course, he, you know. Okay, and he was giggling, but I don't know. I was, I was hitting him pretty hard on the backside, but my hand was throbbing. But anyway, I won't go there. And uh, where was I at? So anyway, um, what was going to, where was I going at with this story? I just got upset about it. But, you know, I, I finally I calmed down. I was mad. And then I said, God, do something. <laughs> fix, fix Christian or fix me. And I think maybe I need to be probably fixed more than Christian because <laughs> I felt like the Spirit of the Lord said, you need to calm down and, and walk in peace and not let these little things get you so rattled. Amen. Just wait until you have, you know, a uh, sheep bite you, you know, because sheep bite every once in a while. You know, sheep, you know, you guys are sheep. You guys aren't always, sometimes you bite. Amen. And sometimes, you know, I get upset with sheep biting, but you got to walk in love. Say walk in love. And so we got to get a revelation. And God gave me a song that morning before all this happened about the peace of God. And, walk, and when you walk in love, you'll have the peace of God in your life. And I had that song going off in me before all this happened. God knew it was going to happen. Amen. I shouldn't have gave him. What I realized, what I found out was, it was, I, you know, I put some tape over it. And he didn't like, he didn't like playing with a broken, beat up iPhone. You know, that's it. You're giving me a broken iPhone. I'm going to just make it worse. I'm just going to, you're not going to get, don't be, don't be, don't be doing me like that. You know, in his way, he's like, I'm more valuable than that. Give me a good iPhone. Amen. We'll continue. Amen. So, Psalms 118.24. Do you know what that says? It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will grumble and complain and be, be mad at God about it. It doesn't say that. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So I really believe that God wants us rejoicing when we get up and, and not, you know, grumbling or complaining about the day. This is the day. Why? Because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. 
You have the you you are saved. You are on your way to heaven. You know, you 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 know you have the grace of God on your life. You need to get excited about that. I like what Ephesians 3.20 says. It says, now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. So, so see, I know some of you are saying, but, but, but pastor, I'm still waiting for the abundantly exceedingly blessing. I haven't seen it yet. Keep standing. Keep standing until you see it. The Bible says, when you've done all, stand and keep standing. Keep standing, keep standing, keep standing until you see the glory of God. Keep standing. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Amen. I love this because most, sometimes people, you know, we got this pandemic and people, and if you're not careful, you'll be listening to prophets that's going to be preaching gloom and doom. No, no, you know, I preach the good news. And I love what it says here. I said this a couple weeks ago. It says in Acts 2, 17, 18, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maidservants and my uh, manservants, I will pour out my spirit on those days and they shall prophesy. Think about this. God, what is God doing? He's pouring out his spirit. What is he doing? Listen, it says in Isaiah 60, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. That's the world. But the Lord will rise over you, and his glory will be seen on you. See, the world's going to get darker. But as long as we stay in God's presence, we're going to walk in the brightness of God's glory. We're going to be like we're going to be like Abraham that spent time with God and he spent so much time with God. His face glowed and he had to put a veil over his face because it shined so much. I'm telling you, when we spend time with God, we're going to have a dumb grin on our face all the time. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? In other words, we're going to be smiling. People are going to be saying, why are you smiling with all this stuff? Because you know something. You have inside information. You have the word of God. And the word of God is going to take you further than anything else you can believe. It says here, in the three point is, we walk by faith and not by sight. We are people of faith. We don't, we don't adhere to, to what all the world is saying. Yes, they might say some things. I, you know, I, I listen to about, you know, all the, the stuff about the pandemic. And they say, do this and don't do this. And they, they're always changing. How come science always change? You know, I was listening to Dr. Fauci. And at the very beginning, good thing you guys are, are more than six feet away. Because I'm spraying it this morning. And um, <laughs> you guys, I, I'm healthy. Amen. And... Uh, I like to tell people I'm healthy as a horse. But anyway, uh, 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 and so where was it? And Dr. Fauci said at the very beginning, there's no need 
uh, for people to wear masks, only the people that are exposed to coronavirus patients. And, the, and then the mask they need to wear is N95. He said that at the very beginning. Now he changed it. Assuming now, now a mask is required. What is it? Is it you don't need to wear one if you're a worker, but now, you, now everybody needs to wear one? No, I need to get some truth here. You know, and there's balance. I'm not against masks and there is times to wear them. I'm not against it. But if you're in the car by yourself, you don't need to wear a mask. If you're walking outside and and there's nobody around you and you're jogging and you're wearing a mask, you might faint because you don't have enough oxygen. You don't need, if you're by yourself outside and there's nobody around you, the wind is not going to blow some germs your way. No, no, no. You don't need to wear a mask. I, I, you know, yesterday I was driving and this M- EMT driver, she, she was, she, 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 she's a medical person and she was driving, nobody in there and she was wearing a full mask. I mean, you're in the car and I, and I don't know if I told you, I, I read an article of this guy getting in a car accident wearing a mask. And he was wearing an N95, and they said because he lost, lost oxygen. Because you lose 60% of the oxygen wearing a mask. Yeah. Amen. So, it, 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 there, so what I'm saying, I'm not against masks. I'm just saying that we don't need to go so overboard. Amen. You know, it can, it, it may help, but don't, don't, don't think that, don't put your faith in it. Don't put your faith in the social distancing. Don't put your faith in the natural. No, 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 no. Put your faith in God. Yeah, you thank God we do the natural things. I'm not against that. You know, it's being, but, but don't put your faith in these things. Put your faith in God. Amen? Because it's God is our protection. And so we walk by faith and not, I'm not talking about being foolish. Don't go, you know, don't, don't be foolish. But I'm talking about just, just, just know that God is with you. Uh, we, we, look at this. It says we walk by faith. So we, we need to consider, you know, the, the, the power of God's word over the natural circumstances. We know, we know that Abraham had great faith. And the reason why he had great faith, because he didn't consider, you know, the deadness of Sarah's womb or him being old. The Bible says that in Romans 4, 19, 22. He didn't consider that, but he considered God bigger than the problem. And we got to consider, if you're, we're going to walk in faith, we got to consider the bigness of God over the bigness of the problem. We know that David, when he battled Goliath, he should, he should have lost that battle because Goliath was trained. He had, he had even an armor bearer, David, but David had God. David had the anointing. And I'm telling you, when you have God and God gives you his anointing, you have the grace of God and you can walk through anything. You can you can handle anything. You might be saying, I can't handle it. You can you can handle anything that the devil throws at you. Why? Because God's grace gives you the ability to handle whatever the devil will throw at you. The number five key is that faith speaks. See, I can tell where a person's at by what's coming out of their mouths. If they're talking the circumstances, if they're talking the, 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 uh, the, the bad things that are happening, if they're talking the... No- See, I, I don't talk about, you know, when I'm on social media, I don't post how many people are dying of the corona. Whenever they're, you know, 100,000, you know, 99% of the people have gotten it and came through it without a vaccine. 99% of people that get it don't die 
they go through it, right? And they come out healthy on the other side, 99%. So 1% don't, right? 1% that's compromised. That's good odds. That's good odds. 99%. And then that 1% is the ones that may have compromised immune systems. They may, may need to be very careful. But the 99%, you can get it, and you're going to go through it, and you're going to survive it. So, and, we, we, and, and, and does everybody need a vaccine for the 1%? No, maybe just the 1% need it. But I don't know if everybody needs Okay, that, I'm stepping on some toes this morning. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying today? I, I, I don't, I'm, not a big, I'm, I'm not big in taking you know, uh, vaccines and all that. I'm big in believing the word of God. Now, you got to go with where you, you're at. My, you know, I know people, my dad used to be a real big advocate in, in taking flu shots and all that. But uh, I'm not, uh, I, I'm going to just stand for faith. Amen? Amen? Amen. Because sometimes there's stuff in those things you don't know what it is in there. Amen. And I don't know. I don't know. You, I think you've got to have greater faith to take a flu shot than not. You've got to have some faith. That uh, are you here? You better believe that that, that thing's going to help you. Amen. Not, not, you know, I'm not trying to step on any toes this morning. Probably am. And <laughs> Proverbs eighteen twenty one: Death and life are in the power of tongue, and they who love it will eat the fruit thereof. So, so our faith is cur- is is constantly speaking. Amen. So, so what are we speaking? What are we speaking about our circumstances? What are we speaking about the, the situation? What are we speaking about our lives? We should be speaking that we're new creations in Christ. We should be speaking that we're more than conquerors in Christ. We should be speaking that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We should be uh, speaking that greater is Jesus that's in us than he that's in the world. We should be speaking that we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We should be speaking that God God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And when we start speaking like that, I'm telling you, you're going to walk out of the house. You're going you're to have your armor on, and you're going to say, devil, come on. And you know what? There was an old song that was put out by this, uh, it wasn't a Christian song, but it, but it was uh, MC Hammer. And he, anybody remember MC Hammer? Remember, he wore those big baggy pants and, you know, uh, NC Hammer, right? And he, and, he, and he wrote a song, You Can't Touch This. Do you remember that song, You Can't Touch This? And listen, the devil can't touch you. You need to get a t-shirt and you need to, coronavirus can't touch this. You know, no, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Why? Because you're protected. You have the blood of Jesus. You have the name of Jesus. You have the word of God. You have angels around about you protecting you in all your ways. You got to start believing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the gospel is true. It's full of power. It has the ability to save. And that word saved is more than just go to heaven, it means to deliver you from anything that the enemy is trying to put on you. Well, we're, we listen, we're not afraid. We're not people that hide and huddle and hunker down until the storm goes. No, we're people that go into the storm and we speak to the storms and we command the storms to say, peace, be still, and we make a difference in our world. Glory to God.
praise God, we're faith people. We're not people of fear. We don't shrink back. We don't, we don't hide. No, we come out. We walk just like when they were feeding the Christians to the lions. And when they were feeding them to the lions, the Christians came out. They weren't crying. They weren't, oh, lions. They were coming out bold. They're, come on. And the lions would tear them up. And they were, they, they'd be laughing. They'd be singing to God. The, the people that were being bur- burned at the stake, the martyrs, uh, uh, the Christian martyrs, the, 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 we've I've heard tales of these people singing worship songs as they were on fire. How could they do that? Because they weren't feeling the fire. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? God was divinely protecting them from pain. Why? Because Jesus bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains. And I'm telling you, they were supernatural burning for God. And I'm telling you, we need to get in a place where we're burning for God, where we get into his presence until the fullness of his glory comes upon us. And we need to start walking in the glory of God, walking in his presence again. And I'm telling you, we'll become the solution to the world's problems. We'll be setting people free with our faith. You believe that today? We're faith people. Glory to God. I, it doesn't matter, you know, you know, somebody say, oh, it looks like one world government's coming. Well, you know what? Yeah, Jesus is coming. One world government. He's going to world, he's going to rule the world. Oh, you hear what? Jesus is coming back and he's going to govern the world. Yes, I understand that. Somebody say, it's the mark of the beast. The, the shot's the mark of the beast. Yeah, maybe, but I'm going to be up in heaven when that's all going on because the mark of the beast happens in the seven-year tribulation, right, probably at the very beginning. But I'm, I'm not looking for the beast. I'm not looking for the false prophet. I'm looking for Jesus in the end days. And when I look up, I'm going to see him and he's going to say, come up hither and we're going to raise up and we're going to be changed in a twinkling of an eye and we're going to have our glorified bodies and we're and Jesus is going to say, you made it. You passed the test. You pressed in. You walked in, in victory. You, you did not go back. You pressed in and you got the crown of life. Glory to God. I believe that we are a people that don't cower down, but we are a people that moves forward and we keep moving forward until we see the victory on every side. Do you believe that today? Let's bow our heads. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and for your goodness and for your love. I thank you, Father God, that you're raising up a mighty army, an army that's going to take your word into the dark places of this world. And Father God, we're going to be the cure to the to problems of this world and because we are giving Jesus. And there's no weapon formed against anyone when they, uh, that will prosper as they believe and stand on your word, Lord. Father, I thank you for this precious group here that came out to church. I thank you for those that are watching online. And baby, you know, you haven't went all the way with God. You, you haven't received Jesus as your Savior, or you're still just kind of, you know, playing church and then playing in the world. It's time to get serious with God. And so I want to encourage you, maybe you've never 
ever confessed the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I want to lead you in a prayer this morning that will bring you into a place of victory in your life. So say this after me and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you've died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification to make me right with Father God. So I repent of sin and I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org. 